0: With Tim Ironcow. It is old fucking official. All right? Stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library Rap. The hip-hop interviews with Tim Ironcow. It's cold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy
2: Foul March in the building. I need y'all to make sure you subscribe and download to the podcast Library Rap. Hip hop interviews with your boy Tim Einenkel, You already know. mankind Woman, they must lost their mind. They underestimate us. Phenomenon, when na 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 na, phenomenon. Woman, oh no, you don't wanna miss your divine power. You're a feminist. Phenomenon, when na 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 na, phenomenon. Oh hell. Oh. Oh, the aunties, the grandmas, the sisters, the mamas
1: That dissolve it all when they kiss us Man, the bliss is... I'm the Venoms, divine. welcome to Library Rap, The hip hop producer Tim Iy-Kill. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So I want to start out just something simple. If you please could just, since there's three of you, just kind of individually introduce yourselves. Um, I know we're missing Lady Fingers And, and kind of give like a quick roll or I guess a what you do with within the group.
3: My name is Breathless. I am the newest to the crew, uh, but I'm getting old now. I am an MC songwriter, soon to start adding a little bit of singing to the mix, um, an all-around rowdy femme, you know? I am Dakini Star. I started collaborating with Femme
4: Deadly Venoms on the album Planet Femme. I believe that was released in 2015. Did a song called S- And So It Is, and um, then just started rocking shows with them and then officially joined the group. Now I'm trying to remember what year that was. It's all just, just runs together. But um, I am an MC songwriter. I, all, we all do wear many hats in the group as well. I do a lot of, um, back-end stuff and promo and playlisting and all the all the fun stuff with this day and age of the evolution of the music world. Um, and yeah, that's me. What's good? My name
5: is Aima The Dreamer. I am an MC. I'm a lyricist, poet, activist, um, visual artist. I do A lot of different things like Keeney was sharing, we all wear a lot of different hats. um, And we are an evolution of femme brilliance and artistry. And I just also want to share Lady Fingers who isn't on the call today. She is a founding member of Them Deadly Venoms. She was a part of the first generation and has kept the flame burning. We're now, like I said, in our fourth iteration. She is an incredible um, singer, songwriter, turntablist, and music producer. She produced all the music on um, Planet Them and on our current album,
1: phenomenon. so you know when I hear this album and I hear your music it's like what what comes through is great style, great delivery, great flow, right, and that it's 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 incredible to listen to, so I you know have to ask what 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 were your early influences, and then also like what for each of you, what was that album or that track maybe that said, Oh, this is what I want to do this is I want to use music to express my art
4: I really got hooked with Queen Latifah and MC Light and Bahamadia, And then Diggable Planets uh, really had an influence on me. I just loved the flow, the flavor, the way that the MCs just would weave in and out. Um, and I started writing poetry at such a young age. I mean, I've got my journals from when I was like eight years old and on um, and ended up becoming a slam poet and then an MC. Um, And I just really, you know, I grew up in a household of music. My dad's a singer, songwriter, master guitar player. We had a studio in the house. So I really grew up with music as a way of life. And then just in 2005, I decided to make the jump into creating a livelihood with music and also creating a platform for women and women's voices um, to be heard and also to create a collaborative atmosphere rather than a competitive um, atmosphere for women to just come together and create and uplift our voices. Uh, So that's a little bit of my herstory I
5: am definitely influenced by 90s hip hop. I think when I was 13, I turned to my friend and said I wanted to be a rapper. And it's really funny. She reminded me of that <laughs> recently. Um, I I got into poetry and music as a way of therapy. I never did imagine um, too far ahead that it would be a career or something that I would travel the world with or, you know, experience Cultural cultural exchange with it was really just a way of me to decompress and sort through what my life was like growing up, and um, I started off in the open mic scene. I also started off in spoken word. I think um, f- probably for a lot of us that was a gateway, um, a gateway into 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 rapping. So, lyricism is poetry if I started off in the open mic scene I kind of cut my teeth on that and through the response of the crowd and building a musical community it um, evolved into a career and into a sustainable creative force
3: man both of those are such wonderful and similar stories uh so just like the two of them you know I kind of was delved into the poetry world and quite honestly when I started really performing I was in a singing group and I was the alto in the singing group I wasn't I was trying to be Whitney Houston not Lauryn Hill you know Uh, (laughs) but you know uh, once I really started getting into my poetry and I happened to be in a record store and I was rapping over the song that they had playing on in the store. And the record store owner came up to me and was like, yo, do you like rap? Or I was like, well, not really. Like, kind of. You know, I'm like, sort of. Like, I just started. And they were like, there's this producer you need to meet. So I got connected to this producer and they already had this kind of group that was kind of like rough writers. But mind you, this is in Omaha, Nebraska. So it was like... On a different level, you know, and (laughs) I was one of the few females in the group. And that's where I really started getting into songwriting and performing and really learning the business and the game. And beyond that, went on my own doing solo stuff for the longest, longest time. Influenced by like Lauryn Hill, Queen Latifah, Jay-Z, Nas, you know, Even Public Enemy were all influences of mine, but also Stevie Wonder and Nat King Cole and Tchaikovsky. So I feel like I've I've had so much influence um, and never thought about even being in a group, but then we started doing shows together myself and the fems and in different capacities and we started working in a, in these other groups together and they asked me to hop on a song and i really dug working with them and i dug doing shows with them and i really enjoyed the sisterhood and it just kind of meshed and next thing you know you know the synergy just created the fourth generation of ftv and here we are today i think really creating a bountiful pathway for women, thems, theys, uh, people of the divine feminine to really find a space to see themselves.
1: Dakini, you you, you mentioned something that's interesting. You mentioned the uh, creating something that's more collaborative among uh, females versus competitiveness. Right. And, and and that's something that's constantly, you know, there, there is always uh, that kind of dichotomy with uh, uh, journalists wanting to, you know, there's a woman on journalists wanting to find another woman to kind of make some stink or try to get some you know something buzzworthy and that's the only purpose of having that interview right and i remember years ago i had an interview with rod digga and she said she was on a she was on a call for like 20 minutes on hold and then the radio station put her up and asked her a question about another female artist and she was pissed because that was the only reason why she was on was to talk about this other female artist that she had an issue with at the time um How do you? And this could be all for all of you, but how do you? How do you fight against that? Like, how do you create this? You know, you guys are this collaborative movement, and then you do have this constant like push to try to pin female artists up against each other.
4: Right. I feel like that. There's a lot of sensationalism around the competition between femmes, female identifying people, uh, women. And I think how we're fighting against it is that we're unified. We are, we've are we created a unified container where the only ones that we're competing with are, are ourselves to be better. And we push each other to be better and to step outside the box and to evolve. And there's a support within that container because we all trust each other um, and I think that's kind of where I'm coming from. You know, way back in the day, I created a collective called Goddess Alchemy Project, and I've been rocking with AIMA for, I mean, I want to say almost 20 years, uh, 18 years maybe. Um, I, we had that common vision as well because we, we would, we would see each other, we'd be at the open mics and we'd be literally fighting for airtime fight, you know, uh, fighting for a mic, trying to get some, you know, some time with mostly, you know, male MCs. So I think that the way, one of the ways that we are, you know, fighting that is to just have a unified force of femme voices in the music You know i don't music industry whatever you want to say but in 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 music in general and we're kind of creating a different something different and and hopefully inspires and uplifts the next generations and the youth to kind of see that and see like hey we don't have to be pitted against each other we could support each other there's space for all our voices We can amplify each other's voices and not engage in that sort of sensationalism of the women, you know, and the femmes being pitted against each other.
1: Mm. Uh, Aima, you talked about uh, a therapy and using your your art as therapy. Uh, And you just to think that therapy or, you know, when someone's going through something that's very personal and uh, the fact that you went on an open mic and shared that publicly, uh, what... How did you, frankly? How did you get the nerves to do that? I mean, you know, like I would be well, scared shitless.
5: <laughs> I tell you the truth, I came out of the womb a performer.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I, was, I was.
5: Listen, I was born with the nerve, honey. I was. I always, um, I always like was play, playing. And um, theater is another element that saved my life in high school. I always had, you know, a a feeling um, for for expression and exhibition. So um, I didn't go into the open mic scene um, completely, you know, brand new. I I had had like some childhood performance, uh, you know, experience. So. I I had already had the nerve. Now, how did I get the nerve to put my heart out there? Because that's really like what you do, especially as like musicians, you bare your soul, (laughs) leave it all out there. And then, you know, then you're like open to other people's opinions about your life experience and your truth. And um, how I got the nerve to do that was practice, practice, practice. It is a muscle that you build And it gets stronger and you get stronger in your voice and your conviction.
1: A practice in front of people or practice at home? You know, what is it practice in front of a mirror or practice actually in front of people?
5: I mean, I would say, I would say if we're talking about the nerve, it's definitely practicing in front of, in front of people for sure. Um, And, you know, like I was saying before, the open mic gave me real life experience of being on stage hearing my voice amplified and then like Keeney was sharing we came up we came up in a time where there was a lot of ciphers um now I don't I think you see more showcases and more performance showcases but when we were coming up mm-hmm. and be like chime in if you feel this like there was a cipher, it was a cipher culture and so you the culture was to be in a circle to be in the music and to be you know, in the space where, like, you're speaking, you're rapping, you're singing. So, yeah, the practice of actually express, you know, showcasing it.
3: I was literally just in a cipher two days ago here in Atlanta, and you know, round circle, everybody spitting, everybody grabbing for theirs kind of thing. And it was difficult, quite honestly. There were a couple of women there, but it was difficult to break that space. And when I started to, someone, you know, another guy started rapping the same time as me, but he saw and was like, oh, you know, let me stop and make space for sis. And that was, that's, I'm like, that's what I'm talking about though. You know, don't just always overtake and try to maintain the space but allow space not just not allow allows not the word i'm looking for but but leave space you know what i'm saying and i appreciated that so that was different from what i've experienced mostly in the past you know
1: do you think it's becoming more i don't know, i guess normalized i mean not, i don't want to say normal but i don't know if that's the right word but in terms of like just um Okay, this is the, the this is example that I don't know if it's well connected but I'll give you an example. Um my daughter plays uh travel baseball and she's 7 on a 9-year-old team and she has the respect of her 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 friends who are boys who are also her age, right? And it's just hey, it's Emmy playing baseball. It's nothing like it's Emmy the girl playing baseball. It's Emmy playing baseball. Do you see that more now with uh uh women in uh, hip hop or women in ciphers where it's just it's not you know it's not breathless the girl or breathless the woman that you know playing rapping it's it's breathless. You know what I'm saying?
3: Um unfortunately no. <laughs> it's <laughs> still very much a woman's on the mic. Like that's how it's presented. That's how it's talked about afterwards. Like, and yes, I totally get, you know, told, you know, dope, you got dope rhymes. It's not ever dope rhymes for a girl, but at the same time, it's still separated. Like the women that were se like that were on the mic the other day, it was still separated, you know? And so it would be dope if we could get to that point. Um, I haven't seen it personally though yet. But my fingers are crossed. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to turn to the album. Uh, uh, can you break down the meaning of the title for you all?
5: Yes. Um, phenomenon is a term that I coined and it is, is um, for me, it's inspired by, by, you know, the idea of being phenomenal. Shout out to Dr. Maya Angelou, phenomenal, phenomenal Woman. Um, it is like the embodiment of all of our greatness, our
3: um, standing in our divine femininity. This Breathless, I would say for me, feminine, uh it almost feels to me like the cape that i put on to feel powerful you know it's like my cloak uh the the term itself what it embodies what it feels like when you hear the album and the the title track you know yeah it makes me feel powerful it makes me feel like i can do anything
4: Yes, I love that. It's. Um, I feel like it's it's become a whole world. It's the phenomenon manifesto. It's the we you know we call our people that listen to us fans, supporters, the femnominists. Uh, we want. Every once that hears this music, that's touched by this music, that it's inspired by this music to feel that upliftment, that empowerment, what it is to stand in that divine feminine power and really own it and and also reflect it out back out to the world. I really feel like this, that kind of energy does create change. It does create ripples um, and for me, that is like the hugest part why I'm so driven to always continue on with music because I feel like it is a the universal language b the most effective and amazing delivery system for messages and for to create change and inspiration and empowerment. So I feel like that to me is what the whole phenomenon movement is.
1: Oh, what I really like about not just the, the lyricism of, of the track of the of the album, I really like that there there are kind of there are horns throughout the 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 album. Uh not 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 yes. obviously every track but most, you know, and and they really stood out and I really I they this work perfectly with all your voices. Um, I want to, for each of you or, you know, uh, or, or whoever actually wants to answer just what are the significance of the horns for you all?
3: Well, this I just want to say shout out to jazz mafia, uh, for putting those horns, Adam, these for the blessing us with that beautifulness and Nicholas Payton, also the incomparable <laughs> for blessing us with such beauty. Uh, that's where those horns came from. But someone else can speak a little bit more on it if you want to. Just real quick, uh, we all collaborate with the Collective Jazz Mafia.
4: And so we're all immersed in that the power of live instruments. Um, so we really wanted to get that feel on the album. It just creates that depth and that richness of it just enhances, uh, the music and the lyricism. And then we also have, uh, Shayna E from Jazz Mafia on, on the strings and the violin up in there as well. Um, um,
1: Lady Fingers is obviously not here with us, but, uh, one thing I really love is that, uh, she doesn't shy away from the scratch. um, and she just I then I I went into a rabbit hole of like watching a bunch of live performances by her. Um <laughs> but I, I really like that. I mean I really like that you know, the the scratch is on, on on your records. Um for each of you, when you hear the scratch, uh what does it mean for you? And then also if you could go a little further and, and really talk about the collaboration between you four and how, how that works. I mean I know you three are in different parts of this the United States. So how does the collaboration work um, when creating music or creating this album?
5: First of all, these questions are super thoughtful and I really oh, appreciate you. that. And when I hear the scratch, <laughs> when I hear the scratch to me, there's, there's nothing more hip hop than scratching a record. You know what I mean? It's just like, I when i hear the scratch i i hear the bronx i hear um i I feel all the shoulders that we stand on and it also feels like resistance like you know what i mean like this is a this is a music form of resistance and you're not going to tell us like how to play instruments you're not going to tell us how to play records we go scratch that so um every time lady fingers touches her Lady thing <laughs> to the record. It's just I just want to
4: just write. <laughs> it's, it's the
5: call. It's the call. So um I love that so much and I can't remember the second part of your question, but that's what I feel when I hear the scratch.
1: Just about how how does the uh the collaboration between you four, uh how does it work in terms of um when you create music, I mean, you guys, you all through, four I, are in different parts of the United States. So how does this work in terms of, I guess, even, just, I guess just focus on the album. And uh, does someone come up with an idea for a song and then you, you know, talk to each other and then everyone goes to their separate places and writes? Or are you all writing together at the same time or or does Ladyfingers hit you with a beat and then you write over that beat or vice versa?
5: Well, with the phenomenon album, we were actually all living very close to each other. So, um, so for this particular album, we had the pleasure of, of being in the same state and um, not not far from one another. And the album was almost finished when we brought Breathless on, and we just—I mean—I think NB can talk about this more, but that first track that we collaborated on it was like sparks fire <laughs> light bulbs and so then we made more room um to include her more uh and inter- integrate her more and then like officially like bandmate proposed for her <laughs> um, <laughs> i said yeah and we bandmate proposed, to, di- <laughs> yeah, <any> bandmate proposed <laughs> to bikini too when we brought bikini in and it's like you know i mean th- these are these are women and femmes, like, we see each other. And I think that's how it works in collaboration, like, we really see and get each other. Um, the lady thing is, you know, would would lay down the beat and would come up with concepts and we share those. But moving forward, we are discovering how that works and um, B, being the one who lives in Atlanta, you know, I love to, like, you know, hear your experience, B, like, what's it like? <laughs> Not. <laughs> living in the same place as us uh
3: yeah 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 uh yeah so like like they said i hopped in when you know the album was mostly done uh but i was excited to hop on where they asked me to hop on um because there were topics that were important to me and just like they said this synergy it was fireworks and i'm like yeah let's do more of this and then it ended up being a whole lot more like like I said I said yes like I love I never thought again I, I never thought I would ever be in a group especially a group with with fems, you know, I grew up with three brothers. I'm not, you know, I'm not, (laughs) it's just not my stees, but gosh, I am having the best time ever. I'm learning so much about myself. I'm learning so much about collaboration. Um, And being so far away, you know, I moved about a year ago. Uh, It definitely makes it difficult. Like every now and then I'll have FOMO if I can't get out to a show. (laughs) Um, But I definitely try you know, I'm, I'm as bi-coastal as I can get. Uh, I'm definitely out there often. Like, it's been pretty much every month or every other month now. Um, so that, it's working out. I'm excited to get working on new stuff because we're all going to get to kind of do it from scratch together. Uh, and so much has gone on. So I, I look forward to the creative process with this group. Um, really excited about where we're headed and where we're at right now i'm just really grateful and honored to be among such creative intelligent just really outstanding people
1: yeah uh when they I really I, I i love about your youtube page is that you you make sure to uh not just highlight the group but you highlight individual work you you've all done um and i i kind of want to ask you about you three about those individual some of the individual videos that are up there um um if Aima and, and Dakini you both have 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 songs up there with a uh, live uh, a band a live band so Aima with uh, SF San Francisco Symphony and uh Dakini with the uh, Jazz Mafia uh if you two could just briefly talk about um what it's like to write over live instrumentals versus you know produced, you say just traditionally produced hip-hop uh, piece and also your favorite instrument that to rhyme over.
4: My favorite instrument, I mean, first and foremost, you got to have that bass. <laughs> so, if I were to if I were to choose, I would say bass, you know, is is so important. It's a driving force of the rhythm, of the rhyme, and of course, the drums as well. Um, I grew up playing trumpet, and I was in jazz band, and I stopped playing. Unfortunately, I've, I've always wanted to kind of pick it back up, um, especially being surrounded by such amazing musicians, but they're also just so... such you know, phenoms that I'm like, oh my God, what would happen if I picked this back up? Um, but I I would say as far as writing, um I I'm equally inspired by electronically produced bass uh production and and as well as live band, but it I feel like it brings different energies, different flows, uh inspires me in different ways. Um, and I love to just keep my chops up at all times. I love to just rock with, rock with bands and keep, you know, that the muscle, like Aima was saying earlier, that muscle going, um, whether it's, I'm, I'm sitting in with a band and freestyling and just do feeling it in the moment. Um, and, and also as far as the you know, spatial difference of us being all not together, you know, thank the Lord us we've got uh, technology these days and we all are are able to record and send files and send tracks and keep that sort of um, synergy going. I feel like moving forward, we're going to be doing a lot more of that. Um, And then... You know, hopefully booking a nationwide tour so that we can kind of just keep that, keep the nominal movement going and the phenomenon uh, going in the future. You know.
5: Okay, such a good question. Um, all right, so my favorite instrument to rap. Over, right to are definitely the drums. My lyrics are pushed by the drums, but my favorite non-conventional hip hop per se live instrument to rap over is definitely the horns. I feel like either polyrhythms that a master horn player like Adam Peace um, can lay down and throw down, and his and the whole Jazz Mafia crew, their horn section is. Above par, um, I think that's probably my favorite, like non-conventional instrument to rap to, and I love in a in a live band as an MC, um, and especially working with jazz musicians or musicians who are prone to jazz music. There is no performance that's the same; every performance is unique, and um, I love uh, when there's call and response between like the vocalist and the live musicians. I that just like gets my blood pumping.
1: Breathless, Amelia Earhart, uh, such a great track. Um, the The lyrics in the video show and express a child that's being carefree, you know, you know, not a care in the world, right? And then you have, at the same time, you have a woman that has an eviction notice, and then a man who has lost his child. Um, there's such uh, such juxtaposition here that it's it's it's, it's what I think hip hop should be, and 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 I appreciate the track so much. For you, what is what is that importance in your art to have that juxtaposition?
3: Um, wow. Uh, so I was grateful enough to work with Luis Montoya on that video. Um, I wrote the storyboard and storyline and everything out. I knew what I wanted, but man, did my friends and people come through for me. Uh, you know, these were all friends of mine who just showed up to help act out the whole thing. Um, the little girl in the video, she's also been in one of my other videos. She's kind of representing me as a child, uh, so it's kind of me kind of floating through this world watching all these things going on, like all these things simultaneously going on, but like somehow you're finding a way to be above it. You're, you're floating in a different space, you know. Um, so the song for me you know nothing to do uh, with amelia at all it's really about it's really about you know just finding some other space to be um even when it's tough and i wanted to tell tough stories you know because that's it's going on that's some people's reality every day you know unfortunately
2: Feeling like a Falcon,
1: like a in air like I'm a Sada and with some so uh, I want to turn back to the album uh, like I mentioned earlier I think uh, my body is one of my favorite tracks on the album uh, it's very personal and it serves as a reminder that uh, physical the physical and mental toll that uh, sexual assault and rape has on its victims and also victims families um, how did this track come to be and 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 was it Was it tough to write, I guess, mentally? Or was it easy to to write, quote-unquote, easy to write because it needed to be written?
3: For me, it was tough. Nothing about this track was easy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was tough as hell, and it hurts every time to hear, and it's hard to perform, uh, but necessary. Very necessary to get out.
1: What has been the response so far?
3: You know... The first time
4: we played this out um, in the rehearsal, I couldn't even get through my lyrics without crying. I think I cried like three or four times. Uh, this is a story I'd never, e- did my story I had never even really told anyone. Uh, and it for me to put this on a record um, was so vulnerable and the most vulnerable I've ever been to tell, you know, telling the story. But it was so worth it because the first time we played it out, um, you know, Aima did a, a, you know, precursor sort of trigger warning, you know, said we stand with survivors, invited the femmes to the front. And then I just got chills talking about it because it was so powerful. And after the show, we all had people lining up to talk to us about it, how it impacted them, how it brought up their own, how it gave them permission to even admit to themselves their own stories. And for me, that is just it right there. Like that power of music um, to be able to, you know, like also, like Aima was saying earlier, this form of therapy, we kind of like you use this as an alchemical process um, to put out our stories and also create an anthem of, of our body autonomy. And then that in turn helps others. Um, yeah.
5: I'm just sitting with what Dakini and Breathless said. Um, I, I think they said so much and I would just add that, um, you know that there's power in numbers. That we are not alone, and and when we like lean in um, and share, then we create um, space for, for that interaction. But also, we bring things to the light, and I think right now we're seeing that uh, in a really big way, in a in a lot of different ways. You know, from what's happening right now in Iran to um what's happening with roe v wade to the me too movement and um you know as MCs and artists and people who have um who get to have the mic and we get to have people's attention and you know we get to like hold the attention and intention um songs like my body my rules th- those are truth saying songs and i, I think they're really important and it really means a lot that you you resonated with that song
1: i think what you do really well and i was just thinking now about the, the 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 um a track placement on your album right uh is that you do and i think it's and i tell me if i'm wrong or not but i think you do something very clever where with the next track and the track you end with bars it's kind of it's taking the power back in so many ways uh because it's straight in hip hop it's straight bars right that's all we that's what we say you know he or she got bars Um, so if you could kind of I guess final comments is why end with uh, why end the album with bars
5: I mean that's Lady Fingers right there (laughs) right I think Lady right Lady Fingers did the Mm -hmm. the track arrangement Um, Mm -hmm. you know final words (laughs) I mean bars is like bars is like on period yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think yeah bars I, said comes, what I said. yeah bars
3: <laughs> comes through like the mic drop you right. know it's like boop and there you go end of the album have a good day feminominists you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, definitely that's great uh uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, Femme Deadly Venoms, thank you so much for being on. Library Wrap the hip hop producer with Tim I, I really appreciate your time. I, I know we went a little long, but thank you so much.
5: Thank
1: you. Oh,
5: Thanks,
2: thanks for thank having you. us. Thanks for having us. It. Thank you. I'm but I a million verses from my I am
0: The legends are true! The overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny! Yes!